Hey, real quick, I just wanted to let you know that Gabba Gabba Hunt is now a record store. Well, not really a store, but a booth at an antique store located in Eastridge Mall in Gastonia, North Carolina. Vintage Village is three stores down from Dillard's on the left. And my booth is on the left side of Vintage Village. It's the one with all the records. You can't miss it. I've got over a thousand records, toys, t-shirts, DVDs, VHS, all kinds of stuff there. So come check it out. Gabba Gabba Hunt Records and Vintage Goods located in Vintage Village at Eastridge Mall, Gastonia, North Carolina. You are now listening to the Gabba Gabba Hunt Talks Podcast, where we bring you conversations with people connected to the Carolina's underground music scene. Your host, Mike Phillips of Van Huskins. One thing I have learned is I have learned that a lot of my friends have very pretty eyes. And, and then, I, then I've learned that some of us have, like, really tired-looking eyes. Yeah. And uh, right. so I actually started, like, a little skincare regimen, and my eyes look a lot better than they used to. So oh, yeah. Yeah. it actually worked. I'm like, okay, that's cool. But I, I, not really for vanity. It's mostly just because I look at it myself, and I go, man, I just look. I look tired. Yeah. And, I mean, part of that's because I do have insomnia issues. Yeah. and uh, But I've been sleeping decent lately it's this comes and goes but anyway mm. um so we'll kind of get started here i've been recording this so i'll use some of this leading up to it and some of it i'll cut out and i'll use for uh just patreon and some of it i might just cut out completely and just disappear okay you know those are the people i'm like i try to target you know if like me the people that come to the shows all the time that are really part of the scene you know I love everybody, but like I, I don't need to target them. They're having a good time. I can see if they're not happy, I can talk to them, mm. you know, and be and try to help, try to make them smile. But I mean, if sitting, sitting on the couch watching, you know, binge watching Star Trek, I've been doing that a lot, you know. Yeah. I must have watched um, the original season, New, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager like three times over the, all three of them three times during the whole pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's one thing I actually. During the pandemic, I turned my TV off. And I'd already kind of started doing that a little bit. Um, but I guess when the podcast sort of took over my life, because it really did, besides work, that's that's the main thing I do. I mean, even Van Huskins is, didn't take a back seat to it, but that's one day a week. Mm-hmm. Podcast usually eats up two, three, sometimes four days of my week, you know, several hours a night. Doing the recording of it, then the editing, and then all everything that goes into it. Um, so my TV just kind of went off. Now, I've started turning it back on a little bit more here recently. And one bad thing is when I first started turning it back on, I was turning it on to the news. Because, of mm. course, last year was filled with lots of news, lots of yes. stuff going on in the news. Mm. And, and at a certain point, around November last year, I got really interested in what was going on. And mm. then you couldn't turn the TV off. But I found myself like, I turned to weird things like Impractical Jokers yeah. or South Park or The Office. I mentioned that a while mm. ago. Just whatever's on TV that I've seen before or that I really don't have to pay attention to. Because I can kind of pay attention to it and then still get some stuff done. Mm-hmm. But I did like Mandalorian I haven't watched, WandaVision mm-hmm. I haven't watched. Any, oh, anything man. that everybody's watched, I, have oh, not even, I haven't even dipped my toes into yet because I, I don't want to invite something else into my life that's going to eat up a bunch of time. Yeah. But now I did watch Godzilla vs. Kong the other night. I haven't seen that yet. And it was pretty good. The story was dumb, but it kind of has to be. <laughs> but you, you won't be disappointed with it because mm-hmm. it delivers. I'll just oh, say that. Yeah. It definitely delivers. Hell yeah. Um, anyway, that's that's a weird that's a that's one of those tangents. What sucks is like, you know, so I, I deliver pizza now for 
a living. That's that's been my job for almost four years now. Yeah. Uh, well, part time for about a year and a half, and full time for two and a half now. But um, you know, it's it's it pays the bills. Mm. It's not great or glamorous, but man, I love the job. Mm. It just like you said, the day passes so fast, and you know, I also get to make food and I get to do everything in the store. I've been working there so long. Of course, some, if pizza needs to be made, I can make it. Um, mm. But you're right. I mean, like and people will pay extra for delivery and stuff like that. But it always sucks for the cooks because they don't get tipped. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's like yeah. they're the ones making the food. Yeah. Oh, I've I've tipped some Waffle House cooks personally. Yeah. You yeah. know, those guys that make make a show almost like a Southern hibachi. You know, like oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And they don't yeah. need to write anything down. They get, like, it gets called out to them, and then you get the plate, and it's always <laughs> right. right. It's always right. <laughs> I'm always, and I'm like, you, you, you put on a good atmosphere. I'm like, homie, here's ten dollars. I'm yeah. just like, Jesus, you, 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 are flipping them, um, the patty melts, <laughs> yeah. like a motherfucker. Yeah. Oh yeah. They. Uh, I tried to get into Hank three. I know a lot of people love him, and, and I'm, I'm sure if I heard like all the stuff, I might dig him a little bit more. But I don't know. It don't. It doesn't do a whole lot for me. Oh man, there's, <laughs> there is a. Big period in my life um, that Hank Three actually helped me get by with it. Mm-hmm. You know, like help me help me justify getting as fucking tanked out, drunk, you know, and and not really diving in into a depression. Yeah, he he kind of navigated the waters for me on that, and you know, I ended up getting in trouble with the law myself during that time, and you know, I ended up putting down drinking for a while and. I ended up like because doctors were telling. I ended up get by this time, you know, you know, I was out in Nashville. I had two cortisone shots in one knee, one cortisone shot in another knee. Mm-hmm. I was drinking a, a literally a half gallon of whiskey a night. Um, I was I was green. Yeah, <laughs> the, the skin tone is kind of green, and oh, you yeah. know, it was yeah. it was not good. And um, I think it's cool what Hank Three does. I've I've got a couple of his early CDs, and I love. Hank Senior. Now I don't really mm. care for Junior too much, but I love Hank Senior, and I appreciate that what what Hank Three is doing. Mm. Some of the stuff, at least, you know, trying to bring back that that sound. Uh-huh. And again, it just for some reason just never really. I was like, ah, oh, this is good enough, but it just didn't really. Well, well, we're we're we should be honored right now, mm-hmm. living in this age, because um, we actually uh, Hank Four, uh, Hank Three's son, in which is actually he doesn't go by Hank. He. he Hank three did not name his son Hank, but he goes by four, and okay. actually has been going by Hank four. You know, it's yeah. Like, who? Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you you got a golden opportunity. Why wouldn't exactly, you do yeah. that? You know, and um, well, some people are like, I don't want to like write off my dad's image or whatever. Uh, hey, well, fuck that, dude. Yeah, <laughs> you might as well. <laughs> yeah, you, you really might as well. You know, like it comes to a point in which you you know it's like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. You know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm just passing up a good a good opportunity here and uh but no he's actually starting to put out music now okay so we've we've been around for a good three generations you yeah. know when we were kids hank jr was around mm-hmm. you know hank three was around and now now we're about to see the dawn of four mm-hmm. come about so i'm i'm really stoked i'm i feel honored it's like yeah how many times That's awesome. i have to check that out no, i really do I, I really should go back and give hank three another shot oh, yeah. i guess Probably for a little while, probably just the people. You, you ever know, like, like you mentioned Sublime earlier. Yeah. They're one of those bands I used to like, mm. but I can't really listen to them now anymore because mm. a lot of their fans just, it's like the fans have ruined them. Yeah, absolutely. Sublime, Pantera, mm. and 
unfortunately Hank three maybe for me as well. Oh, some yeah. some not right. not you, but yeah, some no, of their you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It's <laughs> like the fans for Pantera, exactly. I feel you. You know, it's like God, if y'all weren't just so so fucking like uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm not. And gonna I gonna say I'm Pantera was the greatest band. They, 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 they had some cool stuff. And, and oh yeah, yeah. I love I love Pantera's music. Like, well, most of it. You know, a lot of a lot of it. You know, you you compare it with a lot of a lot Those of first thrash, couple of albums. A lot of good thrash metal, like yeah. Iron Maiden. I was always a huge Iron Maiden. I love Iron. I say first couple of albums. The 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 because uh, not their first album, definitely. Um, trying to think of Vulgar Display of Power and yep. Cowboy from Hell. Those two albums. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love Iron Maiden though. If you compare like Pantera, what they were doing with a lot of thrash metals, yeah, you know, Dimebag, he he was a badass damn guitar mm-hmm. player. You know, I'll never I'll never disregard that. You know, but I mean, Steve Harris, man, I'm a bass player. Steve Harris from Iron Maiden, he 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 got it for me. Oh, you yeah. know, <laughs> I, I I still like. I've started adding some stuff into songs where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try this little Steve Harris trick here. Even songs yeah. that we had for a while. Mm. Um, I've started doing that with, so it's like, huh? mm. he's always been pretty influ- influential to me, but it's not until recently that I've started actually really trying to do some more Iron Maidenish bass mm. lines at times. Oh, like yeah. I've, I've found ways to make it fit. You know, I was like, I'll play punk rock, so I'm going to play a punk rock bass line. I used to play more rancid inspired stuff yeah, with the accents, yeah. you know, but it's like little jazz feels yeah. these days. It's like, I'm, I'm going to take all that heavy metal and classic rock influence and I'm going to jam it into this punk rock thing that we call or what we call punk rock mm-hmm. and let people figure it out you know because a lot of times i say well we you know we're influenced by this band and this band and this band and people listen really yeah, mm-hmm. i don't really hear that well no listen to it again and you'll hear it you know mm-hmm. now that i've said it now listen to it and you'll probably hear where it comes from oh yeah yeah um ever gone uh one of our one of our songs uh, that we wrote and which is coming on the uh uh upcoming album I mean, like, I, I put it all out there on this this bass riff, you know, and it, it sounds like a Steve Harris bass riff, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, we jokingly called this song, uh, for the longest time, Aluminum Maiden, <laughs> 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 because it was, it was punk rock with, with, like, a Steve Harris type, type bass riff throughout the entire damn yeah. song, you know, has, has a cool little bass solo throughout it. And um, we ended up. That's not what it's called on the, on the album. It's called "Let's Fucking Go." But like, there's there's a lot of lot of cool uh, Steve Harris, Iron Maiden influenced bass riffs upcoming on the upcoming Iron Maiden mm. um, on the upcoming Ever, Ever yeah. Gone album. <laughs> yeah, and, and I will say that I do still take some influence from from Matt Friedman as well. So oh, I mean, of it's, you know, I it, mean, it, it, it never goes away. <laughs> yeah, I, there was a form I was reading. Um, like most influential uh, bass players in um, in punk rock. I mean, yeah, a lot of it. A lot of it I understand. Um, but but Matt Freeman was number three, mm-hmm. and I just I you know I don't get how uh, the bass player for the Clash beat him out on this. You know, I'm just like oh yeah. I mean. I, like, I guess just just for seniority reasons, maybe yeah. just just kind of a respect thing. But, How? But no, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, talking punk rock bass players, it kind of starts with as far as yeah. skill and talent. Yeah. Goes. Well, I mean, oh, God, he's, he's 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 at the top. I mean, well, I'm having a brain fart. I, 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 I still say Mike Watt, but it's a different yeah. style of punk rock. Yeah. But, is he uh, Dead Kennedys? Basically, no. Mike Watt was uh, Minutemen. Okay. And, All right. Yeah. Minutemen. Fire, yeah, fire yeah. He was he was on the list, and yeah, he's. I know he's Minutemen were enough. badass. Yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, Dave Kennedy's, uh, I can't remember that guy's name, um, but he's he badass damn bass player, too. And we threw a little funk in with uh, uh, 
you know, you know, um, punk rock. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, Matt Friedman just he's so good, so yeah. talented. <laughs> like that's that's the embodiment of punk rock on the bass, yeah. Matt Friedman. You know? I'm gonna grab a beer. Yeah, right yeah. And I, I was gonna say, I meant to say at the beginning. Anytime you need to take a break, because I, I know I'll have to take a break eventually. Like, yeah, yeah, I know. And a lot of times it'll be middle of a conversation. I'll put my finger up and be like, kind of like, I gotta, I gotta go. Because <laughs> sometimes it hits quick. That's that's another thing I've learned as I've gotten older is that. Because my dad used to say, anytime we go somewhere, anytime you see a bathroom, he'd say, I gotta go, go use the bathroom while we're here. And, and he'd mm. say, you'll, you'll understand one of these days, anytime you see a bathroom, you don't want to pass up the opportunity. Yeah. Because you never know what's going to hit. Like, yeah, whatever, dad, you're old. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, yeah. I'm like 47 and I, I know exactly what he's talking about now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, um, that's the truth. I think everybody feels that way. But mm. you know how it is to be in bands and, and how sometimes things mm. just don't work. Right. And and sometimes it gets to be hard to make everybody happy, and then if you can't keep everybody happy, then you're doing the juggling members mm. thing, which I'm, you obviously know about. Mm. And sometimes that can be more work, more more than it's worth, I guess. Or mm. and I think that's what the point they got to was like, you know, not everybody's happy. I'm not, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not speaking for them. Yeah. But I think they were just going to have to replace members again, and it was like yeah. not really worth it. Yeah. I think Brandon and and Daniel. Mm. Uh, if it was up to them, they it would have kept kept on going. I'm gonna throw this out there. If it's the seduction, I'll be in a fourth band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember when they were looking for a bass player the last time, mm. and uh, I was like, "Oh my man!" I, I even wrote to Brandon. I was like, "Man, you guys look way too far away." And I'm so tempted. <laughs> oh yeah. To come try out. Oh yeah. I was I was in the Sticky Bandits and Old Scratch at the time, and I was just like, "Oh God." Okay, who am I going to disappoint? Yeah. <laughs> and, and see, now, these days, I could probably actually do it. But yeah. back then, it was just going to be an impossibility. Uh, and it's like, man, uh, I still don't. I mean, I'm, me and me and Dwayne Shorter are actually talking about starting a second project. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, another project for me. Because um, he's got the interest to pick up the instrument, an instrument again and start hell playing. Hell yeah. That's, oh, um, man. It's just yeah. a matter of figuring out, like, exactly what we want to do, mm. who we want to do it with. And... um Finding a drummer. That's the big thing. Mm. And then I, I, I guess one of us needs to start writing some songs. So <laughs> that's yeah. what I was thinking that last night and I just didn't do it, but I, I might start that this week. Oh yeah. No, Dwayne's, Dwayne's awesome. He's, he always comes, he, he's been supporting music since, you know, well, God. He yeah. was, when I was, uh, <laughs> he's always that shit. I love him. I, I love talked him. about, you know, you were talking about those shows that you put on when you were a teenager. Mm. And so in Kings Mountain, we put on a couple of shows, one of them at, practice space we just got hooked up with Dwayne because a buddy of mine played in a band with him that we went to high school with and this was like the summer after we graduated mm -hmm. and I ran into Steve he had graduated a year before us but we ran into him at a convenience store and he's like yeah man I'm getting ready to go to band practice you know Dwayne Shore I'm like I've heard that name mm -hmm. he's like Tommy Putnam was like I've heard that name before too I don't yeah. really know him man it's just right up the road why don't you ride up here and, and listen to us and we went up there and they had this old it was a rundown house. It was that like, belonged to Dwayne's parents, but nobody was living in it. It was nobody really could live in it. Mm -hmm. But that's that was their practice space, and we watched them practice. We're like, man, this place rules. Well, man, we'd love to share it with you guys if you want to come out here and play it. We'd been playing in our drummer's basement, mm -hmm. and uh, so that summer we went and started jamming there, and then we threw a show there. But ever since I was, you know, first got into music, Dwayne's always been there, you know, to kind of help co-conspire with me in music. Like I said, he's recorded my bands and stuff. Um, he's one of my longest musical friends, and so I want to do something more with him. We've, yeah. we've jammed before. We played in, in little projects before, but never anything that took off. Um, 
but he's, he's, and I was talking to him recently and he's like, you remember when you told me one time that how I really inspired you to play music and kept for you to keep playing music? I was like, yeah, that's how I remember saying that. He's like, well, you've done that to me now. He mm. said, you with Gabba Gabba, huh? The stuff you're doing mm. made me want to play music again. Well, I'm like, well then let's do it. <laughs> as soon as you told me what you're doing, I'm like, dude, that's, that's what we need. Yeah. <laughs> now, now the zine part of it, I know people love that too. And, and I'd, I, I really love the first one. And if I'd have been able to ride that momentum to the second one, but mm. then COVID happened. Yeah. And that's, that sucked all the energy out of the zine for me. And I've written some, a bunch of stuff and I've got it saved. Mm. And I just need to write a little bit more stuff, but I just can't bring myself to quite do it yet. And I, I'm, I'm going to find the inspiration well, soon. You know, you know, like when you, when you did the first copy, you came to the show. You started handing it out to people, and mm. you know that's what you have to do with that. And that's like, what I loved about you know, it. That's, like, as soon as I didn't have that opportunity anymore, yeah. it was like, why yeah. do I even want to do it? So, so when when we when we get to the point that you're able to actually go out, that's yes. yes I'm pretty sure that's yeah, what's going to do yeah. it. Yeah. And well, if, if you need some help, if you need some writers, if you need somebody to do a little bit of leg leg work, you know, I can make some phone calls. There's a lot of people that would help you out. Do yeah. that, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, just need to. That's fucking magical. You have no idea how much. Like that, like a lot of people would help you out with that. Yeah, well, yeah. I think honestly, like you said, I think it's going to be when we can start going to shows again. Mm. I'm going to be more excited about it and mm. and have that spark to write again. Mm. I'm also thinking about making a few changes in my life, just take some distractions out of my life. Okay, that will make it easier for me to do things like write music for a second band, mm. doing the zine. Because mm. I come home from work and I'm. I feel like I'm tired from work and I've just works dragged it all out of me. And, and then I end up sitting on my phone and scrolling for an hour and a half. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? So I'm getting ready to find a way to just not make completely eliminate it, but I'm going to cut it down. I want to start scheduling my time or something. Yeah. Cause I can at least pick up my guitar for 30 minutes a day and try to write some songs. I can at least sit down for 30 minutes a day and try to write one record review. One thing I have thought about doing with it, and I started to do this a while back, and then I looked at the webpage, and I was just like, I don't know where to start, is I've, I've thought about starting to put it online, mm -hmm. and then <clears throat> that way I already have my stuff written. Mm -hmm. People can go look at it online. The, the record reviews I've written that people are probably like, for records that came out six months ago, mm -hmm. they're like, oh, here's my record review for it. Now that, now you can use this to maybe try to promote it again. Um but that way I can go ahead and get it out there, and then whenever it comes to the time for us to go out, I can mm. put it all together and print it out and go hand it out. I didn't know you do uh, record reviews. Yeah. Um, that's something I'd love to I'd love to look into. Now, do you do, you do like, record reviews across the spectrum? Like, you, you know, big, like, you know, the new Taylor Swift? No. I, I, <laughs> now, when me and Eric did the zine, so we started, we did two issues of it back in uh, 96 and 97. And when I started this this back up I said that when I went back and read those when I read the second one I realized why we stopped doing it because I said it's a lot of work and that's why it took so long between the two issues but the next one will come out sooner mm -hmm. and then it took 23 years for the next one to come out mm -hmm. I was like so I understand especially now after doing it again I'm like oh yeah that is a lot of work mm -hmm. and it's expensive and you know I, I, I'm not like when it comes to selling ads and stuff like that that takes the fun out of it for me I don't want it to become a monetary thing where okay, I've got to I've got to sell this many ads so I can print this many copies of it, but yeah. I might have to figure out a way to do that. I'm gonna have to start. I mean, business is business. Yeah, you, know, you gotta 
You gotta, you, you get, you know, you gotta run the gambit, you know. But I, what I need to do is I just need to find somebody that's willing to do that for me. Because, like yes. I said, that sucks yes, the fun absolutely. out of it for me. And if I'm not having fun doing it, I don't want to do it anyway. So do you do a lo- local <laughs> local band um, album? Uh, yeah, but I was gonna say. Well, so when me and Eric did it back in '96, '97, we did a lot of national bands. We, okay. we reviewed it. I mean, Social Distortion. Yeah. But we'd yeah. also review the local stuff. Oh yeah. Um, but with this one, I started off just basically just being North and South Carolina. But I know with his next issue, I want to review some stuff that's like Georgia, Virginia, and I'm not ready to like start completely branching out that way in the podcast yet. Although there's one Georgia band I know I want to talk to. Actually, there's a couple, but the one in particular. Um, so I'm, I am going to start doing a little bit more like that. And there, there's actually, I want to try to get Mike Watt on here. Oh, hell yeah. And I was going to do it months ago, and then I kind of put it down and forgot about it. And I, I keep thinking about it. But um, anyway, so... I guess I'll say all that to say this is I'm open to doing reviews for bigger things, but mostly just, I, you know, like to keep it mostly local focused. Bigger things get okay. their due everywhere else, too. Well, allow me to make this a point. I'm making making a commitment now to put out an album, one album, not associated with any bands, but a solo album that you just rip apart and you absolutely hate. <laughs> I'm going to make it a point to, to, to release an album that... that It'll be the first one, first local band album that you you you, you come <laughs> up with insults like that are fresh to you that, that you're able to put down on paper that you're proud of like wow I I can't believe that came out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things that, that even when me and Eric did it back in the '90s was like mm-hmm. even if because we we would we put ads and like maximum rock and roll in a couple of places you know send us stuff to review. Mm-hmm. And so the second issue was filled with a bunch of those reviews. Oh, hell yeah. And I, I could tell that even when we didn't like something, we were very diplomatic about how we didn't like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I don't want you to... I don't want that. I don't want that. I want... I want, like, God, this is an absolutely... Like, you listen to it, and it's 30 minutes that you just have been robbed of your life. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm it's sure like, some of you guys out there will like this, but not my cup of tea. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For fans of blah, blah, blah. Five minutes into it, I knew that this is not for me, but I'm forced <laughs> to listen to this. Fuck you, Robbie. <laughs> and I will sell it online. Yeah. Okay? And, be like, and you will be like, no, don't buy it. And it'll be just, just yes, yes. I think I think that's a new goal of mine. I'm trying to think if, if, there's a, if there's a local album like that I could do right now. but <laughs> No. <laughs> I'm even trying to think like way back and bands I don't personally know and stuff like that. Um, I don't think I've ever. I'm sure I've run into one that was like pretty terrible. Jo- Johnny Moss gave me one time gave me the biggest compliment on on an a uh, on an album, and I don't think he necessarily meant it as a compliment, but like it was a huge compliment to me. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, it was one of the Sticky Bandits demos album before we actually released something in your suitcase, yeah. uh, the 14 song album. He got a hold of that, and he and he uh, he. I ran into him at a show shortly after I gave it to him. He's like, "Homie, your music makes me cry. Crave a fried bologna sandwich." <laughs> that kind of makes I've, sense. I've never. Nobody's ever told me that that my music makes you crave a certain food in general. Like for it to be a fried bologna sandwich, I was just like, "Oh my god!" It's it's strange, but it kind of makes sense in a way. That's it's the, like that's the biggest compliment you could have ever given me. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I, I feel I mean, the same I'm way. Sure, I'm sure he enjoyed it, you know. But like, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know what kind of compliment he meant. Well, by see, it, fried bologna sandwich to me is that's like comfort food. That's that's mm-hmm. the that's like kind of stuff that 
I had you growing up. That's, oh, that's yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But no, that was, that was, I can't believe that my, uh, my music makes you hungry for a certain, <laughs> certain, I should tailor every song to make you crave a different food. I wonder well, I if there's a project that, like, like, like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wonder what an oyster song would be like, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just thinking of uh, immediately like SpongeBob type music. It's all like kind of Hawaiian. That doesn't really make me think yeah. oysters, though. Yeah, that's more like mahi mahi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pineapple and spam. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think I think a certain kind of funk, like a tasteful like Hawaiian funk punk, well, <laughs> would make me crave steamed oysters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Nothing would make me crave oysters. So oh, I love them. I love them. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a seafood guy to begin with, and oysters oh, is God. like ugh, it just. <laughs> no, thank you. I don't want to see. I don't want to be around people that are eating them. Well, I've always I've always compared um, music to food. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, I, I was a twelve year twelve years experienced line cook before I was um, before I was an electrician, and um, you know, a song is like it's like a meal, mm-hmm. right? You know, like. Some people, some people don't like the Rolling Stones or they don't like the Beatles. Yeah. Okay. Some people just won't eat pizza. You know, I don't trust people that don't eat pizza. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I don't trust people that absolutely hate the Beatles. You know, yeah. every single song. If you hate every single song the Beatles does, you know, there's, you know, I don't. I just don't trust you. I you think know? you're just lying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there's one song they did that you can get down to. Mm. You know, the Rolling Stones. Yes, I understand. You know, I love the Rolling Stones. Oh, yeah. You know, there's always that. There's always that. Um, who's better, the Beatles or the Rolling Stones? That question. You yeah, know? yeah. It's, I hate it. I hate that question. You know, I just no. No. I talk about this it's, from time to time. I do. It is kind of a dumb question. I mean, they're they're both great bands. Yeah. But I remember like. Back when I was younger, I used to always say, "Well, the Rolling Stones are so much better than the Beatles." Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm, I'm a more of a Beatles guy now, but I still think it's a dumb question. Oh yeah, it's it's like, I mean, like they they they're two different apples and oranges. Like like you know, the Rolling Stones range, you know, they had the Mississippi Delta Blues on point. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like they had they had uh you know they invented like like that dirty rock and roll you know and then some of their early stuff was very much like what the beatles were doing too yeah, it was well, very well, melodic my and favorite, kind of pop my favorite rolling stones is actually when they covered a lot of a lot of like in 65 they they released a lot of covers you mm-hmm. know what uh, uh they did bb king's king bee yeah. which oh yeah and which that's a Band name I've always wanted to do coming out of the Charlotte area, mm-hmm. you know, like <laughs> call it King Bee, yeah. you know. That might be that might be the album that you have to harsh uh, review on. <laughs> but um, they um, that'd be a good name for a for a band that I'd have to harsh review too. I'm sure I could find a lot of good like ways to work with that name. Uh, <laughs> it was it was a good name, but the music was so shallow. <laughs> um, Oh yeah, like, like, but uh, that's my favorite Stones, and that I mean that just I'm a king bee. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just got got this just the dawn of like fucking everything that's cool, you know. In my opinion, yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, opinions range, you know. Yeah, 
that's that, that's that's true. I mean, when it comes to music, you, it's it's it is like food because mm. because everybody's got their own opinion about something, and some mm. people just can't stand certain things. Some some people absolutely hates hip hop. They mm. cannot no hip hop at all, you know. And then like some people just will not touch a salad or yeah. sushi yeah. Or, or or something like that, you know. It's just like. If you're open-minded enough, you know, it kind of, I think it shows, yeah. you know, like people that's willing to give, um, you know, up and coming hip hop artists and up and coming like, like country artists and like Taylor Swift a chance to listen to you, especially like people like me and you deep in the music scene, you know, you know, we try to look into like more underground stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like, no, give these, give these people a chance. Listen to their albums, you know, new Taylor Swift album, I, 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 I I dig it honestly. I'm not sitting there jamming to it, but it's it's really fucking tolerable. I've, I've always been a fan of what Taylor Swift yeah, does. I mean, like, it's not it doesn't always do a lot for me. Oh yeah. But I think she's very genuine and she's very smart. Oh yeah. She she knows how to sell records. Oh yeah. Um, and that doesn't make her bad. That actually makes her very good. She's oh, extremely yeah. talented. You know, and and I do like some of her stuff. I mean, she's she's very she's a great musician. And oh, great, yeah. Great voice and oh yeah uh, i mean her melodies and her her, 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 ability, her harmonies her, her lyrics i mean they, they cut you they cut to a teeth you know you know it's not rock like her latest albums have been acoustic it's not rock and roll music so it's got its place you know you don't yeah let's get this party started and you know you're playing some uh, taylor yes. swift, <laughs> swift acoustic you know no 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 it's place and time but you know like like you know i love i loved early 2000s hip-hop Mm-hmm. I really do. Like Ludacris, like like Eminem, um, like like there's there's a lot a lot out there. You know, Snoop Dogg for Christ's sake, that's the coolest fucking jam to get down to. Yeah. Like <laughs> you listen to it at a party, put some fucking Snoop Dogg on, man. That's it's that's that's just me though. You know, like I, I love all types of music, mm-hmm. and honestly, I love all food. You know, like and I think. You know, you can actually tell tell people, you know, like, if, if you only eat chicken wings, you know, chicken tenders and fucking Alfredo pasta, you know, and, st- and like, the, the things that everybody likes, you're going to have a really small uh, dynamic of tolerable music, mm. you know, like, or at least that's what I found out, you know, I don't know, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm crazy. Yeah. Well, I love all food and all music except for seafood and like radio country. So maybe I can, maybe I can equate the two yeah. somehow. Okay. Like, okay. Right. So right. like radio country is the seafood of, of, of music or whatever. That's, that's a good comparison. And that's just a personal thing. It's just, yeah. I don't, I've never been a fan of seafood since I was a yeah. kid. I just don't, yeah. uh, the, the smell for one turns me off. Cooked or uncooked, it's just mm. not for me. But you know, like 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 with me, you know, I got I got burned out on on all of that. But you know, I mean, I got I got Green Day Dookie on vinyl here. Oh, you know, I, love, like, I love Green Day. Like like you, you know, it you all won't. it all comes back around. You know, like like you, you don't listen to it for a while, then you know you, somebody you somebody else plays it, and you're like, oh man, I do fucking love this music. You, know? you, <laughs> like, you won't no. find anybody that that, <laughs> that makes more. I don't want to say excuses, but at least kind of supports Green Day and is vocal yeah. about it than me. I, I, I fucking love yeah. that band. Oh, yeah. I, I use them as as my sort of, when I talk about, mm-hmm. like when I'm talking to Jeff Clayton or somebody, when I say about people that got into punk rock because of Green Day. Yeah. They're like that, that benchmark band or whatever. And I always say, for whatever you feel well, about them, they did bring a lot of people into punk rock, and that's mm-hmm. very true, but I still love them. I mean, I don't care for everything they've done, Yeah, but you know, some of their albums I really, really dig. Well, 
Mike Dirk was my first big influence on the bass. Oh, he was a, he was an influence you know, for me too. Like like you know, I mean, not so much his later stuff like post Nimrod, but like you know, I mean, let's say it was it was 2002 when I first uh, record when I was 15, I recorded my first album. Um, so really, I was doing my first writing when I was like 14 in 2001, mm-hmm. and you know, Nimrod and everything. They were starting to put out some. This is right during the international super hits time. Yeah. And before that, they had a couple albums that was not good. It was, uh, it was that uh, uh, Parade, Mayday Parade or something? Uh, not Mayday, that's a band. But um, it's a very famous Parade. They, it's one of their singles uh, mm. on one of the last albums before the international super I'm trying hits. to remember because I, I know like, so there was Dookie. I mean, there, there were the albums. I want to leave they're, they're, by they're, minority. Is that, is that, is that a, it's a Parade. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the song. Yeah, yeah. But, like, you know, Mike Dirk got, got really in the pocket, you know, and, and yeah. stopped doing his feels, like, like right after Nimrod. Yeah. You know, like, and, um, like, so I recognized that as a bass player during that time. I was like, man, he softened up. <laughs> he sold out, you know. He, he sold out, you know. There's always that saying. But, like, Green Day Dookie, that was, there's not a song on that album I have not played in front of at a show. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> and I like, like, yeah, he was like my biggest, he was my first big influence. You know? Yeah. I, and I always credit that band for bringing so many people into punk rock. And I think that's what like a lot of the older people or the people that were punk rock well, way before that. I think a lot of them got mad when a lot of kids came into punk rock. Yeah. But the ones that it stuck with are still around and still listening to punk rock. There were a lot of them that got into it and then got back out of it once it wasn't mm-hmm. the flavor of the month anymore. You can't fault Green Day for that. Yeah. But you can give them credit for bringing some people into the genre that are still in it today and still making great music today. Mm-hmm. I mean, Josh Featherstone is one of those kids, I would say, Green Day played a big part in what he ended up, him getting into the music scene. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. when I Have Who Has came out, that was right after Green Day broke big. Mm-hmm. And that was when there was this, this explosion of these kids coming out of high school playing punk rock. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what sparked it. I mean, he may have been listening to music before that and playing guitar before that, but that was a part of his. And I'm not going to say Josh might even even deny that. Yeah. But from my perspective, yeah, I think that was a part of yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I mean, they they definitely had a way of just just putting it out there and making it not look so glamorous. Yeah. You know, you didn't have to you didn't you didn't have to have a big production. I mean, were they the Sex Pistols? Yeah. No, they weren't the Sex yeah. Pistols. Yeah. But were they punk rock? Hell yeah, they were punk yeah. rock. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Are they still punk rock today? Yeah, they might not. <laughs> they might not always play punk rock music. Yeah, but yeah. I, I would say they're just as fucking punk as they ever were. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. oh yeah. Well, they're punk, doing they're doing they're doing, doing what yeah. they want to do. Is that is there anything more punk rock than doing what you what you want to exactly. do? Exactly. Punk's punk's an attitude. It's not it's not what you do. It's how you do it. It's, exactly. It's, it's not. And it's not necessarily about you know shedding blood on stage or <laughs> or. Um, how many tattoos into fights you got, or whatever. You know, like, it's, 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 not, it's, yeah. You know, the attitude goes a lot of different ways. Mm. I mean, Devo was a punk rock band. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, you can, you can kind of put that punk rock tag on just about any. Rolling style Stones, of music. for Christ's sake, was punk in my, in my Oh, opinion. yeah. They you were know, like, they were, they were the dawn. They were the dawn of punk, you know. Before punk rock was even a thing. Yeah. Before it was a, a, a musical style, there were bands like the Rolling Stones that yeah. definitely did things their own way oh, yeah. and kind of 
stuck MC a middle finger up to the system. At the same yeah. time, you know, I mean, of course, the Stooges, you know, I'm like, oh yeah. That middle finger to the system started way before punk rock started. Oh know? yeah. So. Oh yeah, I love the Stooges. God. I got them on final too. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> oh, I was uh, I, I went record shopping with Levi from Knowing Your Control. Mm. This was like last year, um, right before the pandemic started, and we were in a record store one day and saw a copy of Raw Power for like fifty bucks. And I, I was like, I got that at home. I said, I bet you I paid no more than five dollars for it. Oh, and I, I got home, I, I found it. I took a picture of it. I still had the the, the price sticker still on it. Mm. I paid four bucks for it at Repo Record mm. back in the mid nineties. Mm. I took a picture of it and sent it to Levi. I said, told you. <laughs> I paid no more than $5 for it. Yeah. OG, original copy, it's not perfect condition, but yeah, it's yeah. probably just as good a condition as that $50 copy they had. Yeah, yeah. So, record prices have uh, went crazy over the past uh, 20 years. <laughs> oh, yeah. Up and down, just, just, just crazy. Crazy. Uh, oh. I, I miss the 90s record prices. There's so many of my records that I bought back in the 90s have like $3.25 on them. Or oh, one dollar. I've got, I got like... A Dio record in perfect condition, covers in perfect condition, the album's in perfect condition. I played it a few times, but still, it's, it's like mint. Paid a dollar for it. It's got a dollar sticker on it. Oh, That's the only man. thing that makes it not mint is it says a dollar. Mm. You know, but I, I left my, st- I still do. I still leave price stickers on my records. Yeah. Just because yeah. 30 years from now, I want to know what I paid for them. Yeah, I got a, a, not the original, original copy of the White Album, mm-hmm. um, but it's the, the Capitol record release in 65. Yeah. Of, um, it's not the one with the Apple. It's the Capitol Record one. And, um, yeah, it has the poster and everything. Yeah. I bought it. Um, it's functional record. Um, it's, um, it's, it's got, it's, here, I'll show this to you. I found a copy of, like, a 80s version or an 80s release of that recently mm-hmm. for, like, 35 bucks. I almost bought because that's one I don't have on vinyl yet. Yeah, it's got the rings where people oh, yeah. people <laughs> have beers on it. on it. But yeah, it's got a tag. I bought it for eighteen bucks. See, I love records like that. <laughs> and a lot of people will be like, "Okay, so you just got a shitty record collection if you got records that look like that." No, this record tells a story. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like I've got a me and my friend Matt were talking about this because he's me and me and him. That's my my best friend from high school. The one mm. we started our first punk rock band. We used to go to the record store every weekend in Charlotte, mm. and me and him still talk about records all the time. And if I find something. I'm sending him a picture. Hey, look what I found today. Yeah. And I got a copy of Luke the Drifter, Volume 1, which is Hank Williams Sr. Yeah. It's his, it's like this, his little, he does these songs where he tells stories mm-hmm. under Luke the Drifter. But I've got volume, it's, the cover is Volume 1, but then there's a piece of duct tape on it. <laughs> it says Volume 2, where the person wrote Volume 2 on it. So the record itself is actually Volume 2. The cover oh, is Volume 1, but they the put cover. a piece of duct tape on it. Yeah, and my friend Matt, like I sent him that picture, and I said I picked this up. I couldn't pass it up for three bucks. He's like, he's like, man, that's better than if I had the original cover on it. Yeah, because it tells a story, you know. Oh, so yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm a big fan of stuff like this. Even if the record has some, oh. some scratches of like some pops in it, that, yeah, that actually adds to it for me. Oh, absolutely, and yeah, yeah. This one doesn't play perfect. It's got it's got the pops and such in it, but um, like this is this is one reason why I got it because this is the poster. It's intact. Oh, you want to know yeah. about some, something that tells a story, man. This is... Uh, I'm curious about how many military bases that this has been actually hung up in. Because you see how the edges are oh, all, yeah, all, yeah, all riffled yeah. and stuff. And uh, Yeah, I've got, I've got some posters like that. Like, the, the edges are all messed up because they've been hung and re-hung so many oh, yeah. times. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. 
folded. You know, it's got the date down here. Well, this is this is Apple Records Incorporated, um, right here. So, I actually don't know how much this record is actually worth, but it still plays. And uh, I'm not sure that you know, even in that condition, it's probably worth a, a decent amount. Oh yeah, but it's not like I'm late. Because the, the copy I saw, like I said, it was it was. I'm trying to remember where I saw it even too, and I, I just ended up passing it up because. Like, I'll find it again one day. I might, I might even buy like a reissue of it. Like, mm. um, but it was it was like thirty five dollars, and it wasn't in the greatest condition. It probably didn't have like the rings and stuff on it, mm. but it was a newer copy as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean this this has the copyright on it somewhere on it. I don't know where it is, but it's it, it's like sixty five or something like that. And yeah, yeah, eighteen bucks. That's yeah. uh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd I'd have bought that all yeah. day long. Oh yeah. I I mean, I was in a. Uh, I've been known to do church band stuff. Okay. Um, even even as late as uh, like two years ago. You right. know. Um, now, are you were religious at all, or just you just? Well, doing I mean, that? I'm spiritual. Okay. You know, I'm very spirit. You know, I, I'm a strong believer in karma, and what what goes around comes around. I I honestly consider myself. You know, all religions are right. Mm. For Christ's sake, whatever that's, you... I, that's how I've always felt. Like, if, if you believe in something... Yeah. Like, really, uh, when you get down to the core of it, most religions are pretty much the same. They except for the really... Christian religion throws this whole hell thing on top of it. Well, like, that's, like, that roots from Zoroastrianism, which is actually uh, a Persian. Like, that, it's... Uh, I'm... Theology is a hobby of mine. Okay. You know, it's like where... where yeah, you all... probably know more about it than I do. Right? <laughs> um, actually, the, the original uh, Christian doctrine had no heaven or hell. Mm-hmm. Um, it... Um, you know, you look up Greek Old Orthodox and Russian Old Orthodox, there is no heaven or hell. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like pre-Catholic. Um, you know, Catholicism comes around and, and adapts this uh, concept from the Persian religion. Like, this is pre, um, oh God, uh, Luther, you know, Lutheran putting the, his, the Lutheran code on, on he, Luke, yeah. uh, Martin Luther was a not Martin Luther King Jr. but Martin, Martin Luther, Luther yeah. uh, in twelve hundred in the year twelve hundred was a monk uh, for the Catholic Church that put on his it, not really commitments but things you know uh, this doctrine I forgot what it's called you know saying because the Catholic Church was making killing off this stuff mm-hmm. off different different you know this is the Shroud of Turin and there's like a different Shroud of Turin in every single fucking church all across Europe yeah, yeah. you know this is the spear that that stabbed Jesus I forgot what it was that um, Constantine what Constantine's something you know and um, it uh, they were there was different different things people pay money you know and stuff mm-hmm. like that and they would they would scare people with the scare tactics of heaven and hell yeah. that's not original Christianity yeah you know, like it's, you know, like it's it's really. I'll argue this to a Christian till the day I die. That's not that's not in the book. Yeah. <laughs> you know that is not in that book. And you know, um, Muslims, you know, like they uh, they they believe in the same thing Christians do. Mm-hmm. It's it's the same exact things. You know, like the Old Testament, like is is taught in the Muslim faith, Christian faith, and and Judaism. You know, it's it's uh, mm-hmm. it's it's funny how all religions really are the fucking same. Yeah. You know, Zoroastrianism, what Christianity adopted, that was um, that's dead dead religion, um, but it was adapted actually from Hinduism, mm-hmm. in which is still practiced today. Yeah, yeah. Hinduism also sparked Taoism, um, Buddhism, and all this other stuff. You know, mm-hmm. Hinduism is really fucking cool. Yeah. Like like if if 
I would love to be a Hindu. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 it's because you got twenty, thirty thousand different deities, you know, that you can choose. <laughs> what, what mood, mood am I in? Oh, I want to success. Ganesh is my god yeah. today, you know. Like, like you have you have Shiva, Brahma, and Vishnu, the three main main. Um, god. I'm sorry, I'm going on a tangent. You know? like, <laughs> That's all right. You know, like, like it's I, I like I like researching into like weird and obscure things. You know, if I talk about something, you know, I. I'd like to be a little bit educated. If not, I'd just shut the fuck up and listen, you know? <laughs> so when, you, when you've when done the church band stuff, have you brought a little bit of the devil's rock and roll into it? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. Abs- absolutely not. You show, me, you show me my four chords, you know, I do, I do my thing, and, you know, I'm very respectful. I try to, I try to listen to the preacher and, and agree with, uh, you know, even if it's something I don't agree with, you mm-hmm. know, I, 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 I stick around and have conversations with him afterwards about it. It's like, so, do you mean this? It's like so. Think about this. You know, if if you mean that that you need to bring people to this church, it's like, what do you mean about that? Are you mean drafting people? It's like, no. People have to want want to come here for their for their own will. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't don't go out and fucking force people. You know, like that's not cool. Yeah. It's, it's you're not selling pamphlets. This is this is this is a holy place. This is a spiritual place. But you know, I don't know. That's that's just my opinion. You mm-hmm. know, I, I mean, I. I consider myself literally all religions, you know, even atheist, atheist, Christian, Buddhist, you know, I'm like, cause they're all the same, you know, it's just like, it, whatever you believe, I believe too, you know, cause if it works for you, it works for me, it works for me, it makes you happy. You I know? just feel like it's, it's aliens. Yeah, so we're just yeah, like yeah, we're we're, yeah. we're an experiment, yeah. and and right. it's just they they've just forgotten about us. Just let us keep going and doing whatever what's what's going to happen. Aliens will get me off on a crazy <laughs> tangent. I don't know if we got the time to go there. You know? Yeah, like, I got alien. Okay, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> aliens, as you know it, do not come from a different galaxy. Mm. UFOs exist on this planet. Yeah. Okay, and there's different types of UFOs. There's there's the Greys. There's reptilians. There's there's the Anunnaki, there's the Orions, there's all these things. But I think they're all from this planet home. Mm-hmm. I think I think if you look if you think about the reptilians, okay. <clears throat> Let's think about dinosaurs. Okay? They were here for I don't know, they were they were chilling on this planet for like four hundred million years, yeah. right? You know, humans have only been here for what, like maybe two million years? Mm. So you're telling me out of this 250 or 400 million years that there was dinosaurs running around all over the fucking place, they, they didn't because had, there was no chance of them to regain sentiency like us do and and be able to create technology and create civilizations. No, I think no, no, no. There's no way. It's not. They weren't mindless dinosaurs back then. I think there was a fucking civilization. Yeah. You know, the human race is on this planet. If if we were all to vanish, there'd be no traces of us within 20 million years. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, 10 actually 1 million years. There'd be no trace. Uranium, the isotopes would go away. The pyramids would be ashes. The whole nine yards. So the space between dinosaurs and humans is, you know, it's it's like 60 million years. You know, if not like a hundred million years, I don't, I don't know. I don't know the full time time yeah, scale yeah. or anything, but it's enough time so that if there was a civilization, then it's not now. So maybe during the Cretaceous period, whenever that meteor came and popped everything off, they're like, "Fuck this damn rock! We're gonna time travel, or we're going to a different dimension, or mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna leave this rock and we're gonna want to stick around." So we got the reptilian aliens, right? 
Okay. <laughs> they're the reptilians on this planet. I don't believe they're shape-shifting, you know, and then yeah. Hillary Clinton's a shape-shifting reptilian. I, no, 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 homie. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. fucking... Yeah. Reptilian aliens, do they exist? Yes, yes, I do, but they're from this planet. Yeah. So, and then we got the greys, you know? Uh, what I mean by the greys is the short little gray guy, big eyes. Yeah, you know, they got, they got the four fingers. Doesn't that look kind of strange? Well, if you cover up your, your pinky, kind of looks like an alien hand. It really does. Evolution... Right there, our jaws get smaller, you know, mm-hmm. we get shorter, our arms get longer because that's what we use, you know, we get we get a little beer belly because we love fucking beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking yeah. one right now. You know, oh yeah, and it, our occipital lobe keeps growing, well not our occipital lobe, but our frontal lobe keeps growing, so, and then our eyes get bigger and then we turn into gray aliens. I think the grays are us and evolution of us in the future, they're going through the past. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've, I've seen those things where like humans have not stopped evolving yeah. and, and this is what we look like in a, in a hundred thousand years or whatever. And so, yeah. <laughs> it looks like a gray alien. You know, yeah. I think, I think that they are us from the future. Reptilians is dinosaurs from the past. Um, the Anunnaki, um, in which are the, the, the blue aliens, I don't know if you're familiar with them. I, I do a lot of, I'll look into all the lore and this shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're the lost civilization, um, before the last ice age, uh, that, that, you know, a lot of old, old, um, philosophers have written about, you know, Plato and all them. Um, they exist. They're like, fuck this shit. And, you know, there's different dimensions because every single time you, you go through time, every time you time travel, it splits the dimensions in two. Mm. There's multiple, these different, different species are, are going through time. So it's creating different dimensions, different holes. It's like, it's gone off to infinity at this point because once you do it once, it instantaneously goes into infinity because once you create the possibility, somebody else is going to recreate it, recreate it. So that's string theory, actually. Yeah, you know, there's yeah. infinity different dimensions, and and one of the theories for creating it is either the Big Bang did it initially, or time travel happened. You know, and um, <clears throat> so these these little fucking aliens and us are battling in different dimensions, and there's like <laughs> wars going on and this shit, and like there's lots of cool things. Like I don't know, uh, I could I could be a sci-fi novelist, <laughs> you know, but I, I'll end that tangent there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we're still discovering species on the surface of this planet. Yes. So there are yes. there are still places or that have not been dis- discovered or explored, and and then we think about what could be underneath the crust of the surface. You know, oh. what we know is there, but what we don't know is there. Mm. And then, of course, you know, I also believe that this is not the first time there's been a civilization civilization on the planet of Earth. Oh yeah. And that maybe past civilizations have done the same thing that. Ours is thinking about right now, mm. how do we get off of this planet to, to preserve life and, and put it on another planet? Mm. And, and wouldn't those people want to come back and see what the hell was going on here at this time? Yeah. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, hey, this is the planet we came from. Let's go back and visit. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go say what's up. But yeah. they're all from this planet. And, you know, like, I mean, the only reason why well, I'm just thinking practicality here, you know, that's that sounds a lot more practical than... Um, then an alien race uh, or alien species from, from you know, a hundred thousand light years away finding this star, this planet that come to... Do you know, do you know the probability of that, of the direction, you know, in space? It's, yeah. it's like, unless you know that we're here and, and, you know, our radio signals do not travel that fast to actually reach them mm. at all. It hasn't even left our solar system yet, for yeah. Christ's sake, yeah. you know, like... Like, you know, it's, it's not practical to do that, you know? And, uh, 
it, like the speed of light in which um, a lot of a lot of scientists believe is the constant fastest velocity in the in, in space you know to travel any faster you would actually have to fold space in half in which there's different phrases for that you know different ways to do that but speed of light is the fastest constant it's not like star trek you go warp nine yeah. you not like like there's no faster than speed of light you know a lot of a lot of scientists believe that i personally do believe that as well there's no fastest velocity than the speed of light mm. um but um like so it would take a hundred thousand years to reach this space and why the fuck would you do that you know you want you want to do that there's, there's no reason. So I think it's a lot more practical. Aliens do exist. We see them all the fucking time, you know. But they're all from this planet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they're not technically aliens. Yeah. And as soon as you broadcast, this they're shit, natives. As soon as you broadcast this shit, the fucking CIA is going to be coming knocking at my door because I'm too fucking right with it. You know? well, no, no, they'll, they'll probably have to subscribe to the Patreon for this. One. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't expect them to be hearing it. <laughs> so, and so I, I know. Back in the MySpace days, and this goes back to the accents, I'll, I'll make this kind of brief because we'll probably tell a story again when me and Eric finally do an episode. But we were called The Accents, and like I said, there were a bunch of different bands out there called The Accents. And on MySpace, I could type in The Accents and like seven bands would pop up. Mm. <clears throat> One day I went on MySpace and I got a message saying, your page has been removed for copyright reasons or whatever. Something, oh, something to that effect. And I typed in The Accents and there's only one left. And it's some band from Sweden. I guess they got signed to a record label or whatever oh, that shit. went in and was like, all right, you got to take these other bands off of face, uh, MySpace. So we're the only accents on there. Mm-hmm. So we just went with our backup, which I'd always joked that we, we could be called Los Accidentes instead of the accents. They're not really <laughs> joke, but I think at one point yeah. I said, if we ever have to change the name, because I knew it was a very generic name. And, and like I said, I'd already found seven other bands out there called the accents. Uh-huh. I was like, we could always just be the Los Accidentes. And so that's what we did. People in Charlotte still called us the Accidents. So it worked out. Mm. Hell yeah. And I did, never minded. And to this day, I'll still say, I very rarely say Los Accidentes. I always say the Accidents. Mm-hmm. Just like, because that's what people remember us as. Oh, even, yeah. when we were, even when we were Los Accidentes, we never released an album with that name. Mm-hmm. And like, even when we played the milestone, Neil would still introduce us as the accidents. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, re- I remember the dawn of MySpace. You know, like, I'm sure you do just as well. <clears throat> like, Final Start was with Stan during the time. I'm, I'm like 16, 15 years old. And I, I create the MySpace page. Mm-hmm. I did, I did the eight, I remember the HTML coming yeah. <laughs> the whole, whole night. Yeah, a lot of people it. learn HTML from just being on MySpace. Yep. That was that was cool. Like but there was another withstand band and you know, like so we ended up changing our name to Final Star. There was another name that we had in between there. I can't remember what it was. Well, at the time, like, you know, as soon as I realized there were a bunch of other bands called The Accidents. And not only that, mm-hmm. there was there was actually a classic punk band called The Accident with no S. Mm-hmm. At that time I was like, We should probably change our name. Mm. I don't want to change my name. Why, why am I going to change my name? Nobody knows who these bands are. Nobody knows who we are. There's not another, there's not another band in in Charlotte called The Accents. Yeah. And then like, after we broke up, like, I I have a friend that lives in Atlanta and he was talking about his friend's band called The Accidents and I was like, you might want to tell them to change that name. Yeah. Because if they ever try to play Charlotte, people are going to think they're us. Well, there's two different Pinkos. (laughs) There's two different Pinkos in the Charlotte area for the longest time. Um, uh, Pinko was here in Gastonia. Um, when God, I'm having a brain fart. What's his name? Uh, lead singer Cop Graves. Uh, but uh, uh, God, I'm having a brain fart. 
I fucking love this guy. I'm not real familiar with him. Love this guy to death, and I can't remember his name. But there was two different Pinkos. There was there was Pinko from Gastonia and Pinko from Charlotte. Mm. You know, and they they were a bunch of kids, and they they're they're cool. They're they're they like when <clears throat> when we started playing, I say a bunch of kids. You know, um, the Sticky Bandits was playing out. Very first show that we had was with Pinko. They're like 19 years old, right? 20 years old. You know, bass player comes out with a. Um, an old school 1970s uh, PVPA speaker as a bass cap, mm-hmm. and which was retrofitted, and it fucking shook the house. I, I was like, "That's <laughs> dope." Whenever you decide to sell that, I'm buying that yeah. shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, like so. So I remember, I remember that, and um, but like Pinko, that was here in Gastonia. They were like, they were kind of like a, a Dead Kennedys, you know they. They had they they had kind of like a like a funk fucking uh, funk punk sound. Yeah, Dead Kennedys had that little something extra. Yeah, I, I always I, I have a hard time describing it, but it is something. It's, it's weird, <laughs> and it's 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 definitely like more complex than, than your average punk rock. Yeah, yeah, you. You have, as a matter of fact, like we talked about. You mentioned Fire Marshal Bill earlier. Yeah. When I first saw them, I'm like, man, they were mommy of dead Kennedys. Yeah. Except not maybe you not sprinkle quite a little punk Tom rock. Waits on top yeah. of punk rock. That's what you you get the dead Kennedys. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I feel like uh, to to a to a more broader extent, even uh, the Flight Risk. Yeah. They're like the dead Kennedys of of the yes. music scene. Even oh, though yeah. even yeah. though I think they're a little less dead Kennedys than than. Uh, Fire Marshal Bill was. That, that had a lot to do with the singer too. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's they got like I God, I love Fire I love um a Flight Risk. But yeah, Flight Risk, they're, they're one of those bands that take a lot of different they're more complex than your average punk band. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I don't even know if you would necessarily say that they're well no, they're they're a punk rock band. No, <laughs> they're definitely no, a punk they, rock band. They are a punk rock <laughs> band at heart. They definitely they definitely are. And and Jay, damn, he's off the wall. Like with his, he's not scared to say fucking anything. No, no, no. <laughs> and I, I, love, I wish I had the balls. Like I like love all is. those guys so God. much too. They're 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 so great. Yeah, I, I wish I had the fucking balls to say what Jay says says on the fucking mic. God, like like I, I feel bad. I wrote a song on it's on the uh, the Sticky Bandits album. It's called Pickup Lines. Mm. You know, and it's about. As many wrong pickup lines, like the worst, nastiest fucking pickup lines you could you could give to a lady at a bar, and you know, like the song is a spoof. It really is. It's mm. not like that's not how I feel about anybody. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not like I'm not meaning this shit. You know, anybody that listens to that song, I hope to God that's not what the fuck they mean. Yeah, you, you know, they take it by. But I I feel kind of bad for writing a song like that because you listen to it, it's it is really fucking degrading. <laughs> You know, but it's, I mean, the, the way the lyrics are stacked up, you, I mean, it's got to be, be appeared as a spoof because it doesn't make any sense if you think in a literal te- text, you know, because it's mm. just like one pickup line after another, you know, yeah. it's like, who the fuck would do that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, mixing from the board and, you know, you know, like, like getting a good solid mix because, you know, just putting, you know, uh, a cam it's not a camcorder what the hell <laughs> we did that live stream from Milestone last year and the way they did it and I actually thought I was like they probably could have done it a little bit better if they would have actually ran the sound through the board and then ran that into their interface oh yeah but they just had one of these with um, I got the attachment around here somewhere but it's a mm-hmm. little attachment that's got the little XY mics yep, on it yep 
they ran it straight through that, and then they had a, just a webcam and a, a laptop set up with a webcam. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wouldn't cost that much money to do it just a little bit more professionally, than yeah. professionally and to have the equipment in a place where it's not going to get messed up. Because yeah. you can get webcams, like really good webcams, cheap. Yeah. I got like five of them at my house. I know I know those XY um, uh, recorded. And that processes. actually picks up a really good room sound. I mean, it, honestly, mm-hmm. if, if you want to get what it sounds like in the room, it's not going to be perfect. But you, that's going to be pretty you close. Just, you put that, I mean, I've, I've mixed a lot of live music in my time, of course. Um, you put that into a board and reprocess it and, and use use a straight um, interface. Mm-hmm. Those XYs can actually uh, crossfade the music really, really good, but they really only capture the mid and treble yeah, yeah. really good. You know, like you lose like the kick and the bass. That's something that you have to run. That's why I said like if they could have ran it through all through the board and yeah. then back into the interface, and then it probably yeah. would have sounded a little bit better. Oh yeah, you know yeah. it's it, that was a low effort thing that that actually sounded better than most of the live streams I saw. So I was mm. very pleased with it. Oh hell yeah! I was yeah. like that actually was 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 pretty much perfect. It was it was good. It could have been a little better, but overall, I was like, yeah, that worked. Just mm. it, it was better than us doing it from our practice room. It's the uploading links too. You know, like I don't think um, four hour long live streams is a direction that. That you know we should go to her. You know, like multiple, multiple ten minute ones. Like let's say there's four bands that's performing on a, on a, on a bill at you know, per se neighborhood theater or, or or any other venue. Then and they they set up a live live stream setup. It should do three or four different live streams per each band mm-hmm. because that would actually help the uh, the uploading drag on it. You know, and it like. A fresh one for the next one, you want to have the glitches mm. by the end, by the end of the third band. Or well, basically, that's, band. that's kind of how Milestone did it. We all did like a 20-minute set, and each mm. one stopped. Okay. Hell and then yeah. they'd start the other one, because they, they actually did it like, so when we did it, we played in the main room, mm. but they also had somebody play, Fairly played on the patio. Mm-hmm. Um, Queen City Rejects also played in the main room, but I think somebody played on the little side stage in the bar room, that little corner stage they've got. Mm. Somebody played in there. So each time they had to move the shit. Mm. So each time they'd stop it, and then there'd be like five, ten minutes where there was nothing going on, and then the next one start. Mm. So it worked out really well. And actually, I've, I've saved that video, and I'm thinking about releasing it as like a just a live uh-huh. album on a, a band camp or something. Just, yeah. just to have something. Yeah. To put if, it sound, if it sounds good, it's something you're proud of. It sounds pretty it, good. It's know? not our yeah. best performance. Ben's a little bit more critical of it than I am because he's always overcritical of his drumming. And he seems to think he played like shit. And it was drummers are. It wasn't, his, it wasn't <laughs> his best performance, but for what it was, it was actually pretty good. Hell yeah. And I want to go back and listen to it one more time before I decide whether to do that or not. But so far, it's the best live recording we've we've got. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, shows or, po- or not podcasts, but uh, live streams I've done since, since the uh, pandemic. Um, uh, I want to say uh, the Mender's Heavy Rebel release was the very first. Um, mm-hmm. For it wasn't it wasn't a live stream. It was a pre-recorded uh, show at the Milestone, yeah, yeah. and um, we had we had two different camera camera guys, multiple. Di- and you know it was it was pre-release, pre-mixed down, pre-release for the Heavy Rebel uh, Weekender, in which the guys tell me all sorts of fucking cool things about, and I. 
ah, I missed out last year. I know. Wes has told me about it. He's like, man, you guys need to play that. I was like, well, you need to let me know how to play it. So, yeah. yeah. But then, then the COVID happened last year, so yeah. it wasn't even an issue. But Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, hopefully, I don't, I, don't, I don't think it'll happen this year either, but I don't know. I'm just waiting to see because I think it have, typically happens during July. Yeah, when know? it comes back around, I definitely will try to try to find out how to get on next year. Oh, yeah, time. because what they tell me, it's a complete debauchery, and it's that just sounds like my home. Yeah. It sounds like where I need to go and live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but, yeah, yeah, so there was that one that was July, because uh, shutdown happened around February. Um, Evergon does a very successful um, uh, uh, neighborhood theater benefit mm-hmm. that, that really uh, birthed a lot of... Um, a lot of their live streams that they're doing doing yeah. right now. Yeah, they're um, still doing them. King Cackle was fucking amazing. Every band that played was fucking amazing. Um, then the cases started to drop around around October. Mm. If you remember, the cases kind of dropped. So we agreed to do an outdoor gig. We all were wearing face masks. Uh, the Menders and I, yeah. well, the Menders decided to um, do do an outdoor gig. And that was, that was the last time... I've been actually able to play a live quote unquote yeah, show yeah. and it was an outdoor acoustic gig. Now mm-hmm. we all play electric instruments. I, I played that was my first show I've played in in fucking fifteen years. I used only my fingers just mm-hmm. to get the acoustic um kind of kind of simulation simulated sound. And um, you know, I turned my tone down and I and I revolved I made it I made it as soft and subtle as possible. And um we all did. Wes would turn the tone down and like we focused more on our harmonies. It was a beautiful and very successful show, you know. Mm. Uh, the Menders very versatile with our music like that, you know. Yeah, like yeah. we can go zig and zag, and it's really cool. Um, after that, um, the Menders and Evergon uh, both get on a Hattie's benefits at the Evening Muse, mm-hmm. and it's a live stream, and um, that was uh, that was a successful night. Um, I really wish I could release like Johnny's interview because Johnny Boswell of the Menders. Yeah, he um, he does this, you know, because the band would play and then there'd be an interview of of the band. A member from the band would do this interview, and um, so so at first they asked me to do, you know, as like, look, I. I, I'm the newest member of this band. I don't. I'm not doing this. Yeah, you know, yeah. like it wasn't wasn't that I wanted. I was very honored they asked me. You know, but like, like, like who what, guys? Wes, Jesse, you know, Johnny. Which one of y'all want want wants to do this interview? Yeah. And uh, they were all like, oh, I'm Johnny. <laughs> and Johnny, Johnny was just like, Hold on, I got an idea. So he runs out to his fucking car and comes back, and he gets he gets this giant skeleton mask and a fucking puppet of the devil. And he's sitting there doing the interview. Talk, oh god! Like I can't remember the name that he gave to Buffett, but that's how that's how he gave the interview. I wish I could release just that interview out, yeah. out to the public so that everybody could fucking see this shit because it's fucking hilarious. It is it is absolute solid gold. After after that, um, <coughs> I believe that was um, that was sometime sometime September October. Mm-hmm. We haven't we haven't played a show since. Yeah. Now, now, um, yeah, yeah, you know, I've thought about doing an acoustic project for the last time. It wouldn't be I've, nowhere near as as pretty, but it would, it like, and and honestly, a lot of a lot of song like my flavor is 
like yes yes i do covers i do covers of bands you have no idea about like yeah. I, I love i love fucking dan sartain i'll do three yeah. or four of, of dan sartain songs and like it's like no i'll say this is a dan sartain song but still nobody's like oh that's your song is it no no I did, but that's not the reason why i do it mm-hmm. that's not like that's i like that song I like that song a lot. Like he does this song called Drama Queens. I love covering that song. You know, goodbye, you drama queens, you mama's boy, you oh, yeah, dirty yeah. fiends, you <laughs> filthy whores. I'm alone because I just choose to be alone. It's so fucking cool. You know, it just rolls it the way it, those lyrics yeah. roll off your fucking tongue. You know, it's so fun singing it too. Yeah, and you know, it's rockabilly. You know, you put a six string in my hand. That's typically what I navigate yeah, toward. Yeah. You 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 know you know like musicians okay it's really funny like people there's a lot of musicians um, especially when you're when you're in your early twenties you know you, you're first doing really big band stuff you know playing out everywhere they listen to other things but they play totally something totally different you mm. ever you ever seen that with people you know like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I know there's people that like play music that, that and they go I don't really listen to this kind of music yeah so I listen yeah. to something totally different I'm like yeah I, I don't I don't quite get that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah like like it's um God I forgot all their names but there was a few artists that that was in um the Gin movement um back in like 2008 mm-hmm. in local band wise um you know I. Uh, God, I can't even remember any of their fucking names. But I, 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 w- I went to a lot of gin shows, you know, yeah. like like really new metal gin shows, you know, like okay. like um. And if you say the names, I'd be like, yes, that's exactly who. And fucking, I forgot everybody's name. Kenny Starr was one of them. Well, see, that's one of the reasons why yeah. I started this podcast. Since you said that, mm. because there's certain things that I don't want people to forget about. Yeah. But I'm finding out there's a lot of things that I don't know about or that I ha- that I've forgotten about. Mm. So that's why I'm glad I'm doing this because I'm learning new things too. Was it a Moss? Was a Moss one of the bands that they were in? God, I can't remember. I wouldn't even know. You know, um, but I went to a lot of these gin shows because you know, like I got down with the music. It's mm-hmm. really, really highly technical. You got the screamer up there. Oh, it's fucking badass. You know, crowd killing. You know, yeah. I, I had no part in it because I fuck. I have a head injury and shit. Like I get another concussion. Bad things might happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so. You won't so, find Robbie in the mosh pit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you won't find me there, but you know what? I'll be like... I, and if you do, he's probably really drunk. <laughs> I'll be I'll be that guy in the back up in the crowd with my mouth wide open. Oh my God, that's bad. That's fucking sweet because I got the blimp view of everything yeah. going on. Like fucking destruction. Hell yeah. Like Whitechapel. I love I love Whitechapel. Like that's some fucking hard shit. Mm-hmm. But, um, but anyway, um, yeah, yeah, so... I was invited to play some of that music back in the day um, because I'd hang out with that you know that whole crowd and I never never did it just because I'm like uh, there's really when you play gin there's you, you have to do this yeah like like you have to do that 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 rhythm of the you know like like the the low open D and then you know just follow just just mimic what the guitar is doing you have to do that yeah you can't. You can't bri- you can't abridge you cannot think out of the pocket in that. I almost a place to play in, in yeah. music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Just just the idea of performing it live just never seemed fun to me. You know, like I love the music. I love watching it, you know. It's fucking bad, you know. But That's me. Like I, I think every now and then and I've talked about how maybe one of these days I play in a country band mm. and as much as I could do that style if I really wanted to learn how to do it, it just seems boring to me because there's no room for me to really play with it. 
you know <laughs> mm. i'd have to yep. put like the rock and roll twist to it and then all of a sudden it becomes something different <laughs> i don't know i don't know i've seen i've seen a lot of a lot of entry interesting uh country twists you know rock and roll country twists yeah. you know we were talking about bob seger yeah, i mean yeah. you listen to a lot of old bob seger that's there's a lot of country influence, oh yeah you yeah know? i think that's one reason the why eagles, I love that stuff so you know much, like yeah. like you know that was a country band and that's that's just badass. If you don't love the Eagles, then you know that's another one. That's there's there's well, an Eagles nah, song for we, you. We'll have to disagree on that. Ah. I've, never, I've never been an Eagles fan. Now, ah. I, now I, I will say that I do like Joe Walsh. Yeah, I like James yeah. Gang, and so there's some Eagles songs that I end up liking because I'm like, oh man, this is fucking. Oh shit! God damn it! That's the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's a band that you hate to love. It really is because. <laughs> you know the Eagles, they they topped the Billboard for like fucking twenty years, and I'm like, god damn it, fucking they're a sellout. Fuck yeah. those guys. <laughs> <laughs> they still have those songs that when they yeah. come on the radio, you're about halfway through them and you're humming them and singing along, and then you're like, god damn it, it's a fucking Eagles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm turning this shit. <laughs> nah, that's just me. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah. Some people are like anti-Beatles, you know, but you know they hear fucking um, God uh uh. Uh, Rocky Raccoon yeah. comes on, you know, and like they're like, "Oh God, this this is this is deep, man. This is this is fucking this is real." And they're like, "Oh, that's a fucking Beatles song," you know. Well, like, I, I, or I don't see how you can like punk rock and the Sex Pistols or heavy metal and uh, Motley Crue if you and you can't like Helter Skelter. Exactly, I mean, that's a fucking punk yeah. rock. That's a, that's like one of those. It could be a punk rock song or a heavy metal song, mm. and it just fucking, you, you gotta like it. Oh, yeah. Even if you hate everything else the Beatles did, you've gotta at least like that song. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, um, it, like, all the lyrics throughout the verses is all fictitious. It's just, it's yeah. just basically, um, setting up a, um, a scenario. I made up a scenario. You know, basically, I based it over it because, Local bar icons here here in Gastonia, you know, mm. they have a foosball table, so I modeled it after after a setup in icons, you know, and um, that that's nice to have. Anybody that's not from Gastonia doesn't know about icons. I've never been there, but I've been by there, oh, and I've shit. heard enough stories that I know I'm glad I've never been there. <laughs> There's a great Sunny in Philadelphia quote that sums up icons real good. Okay, Again, yeah. um, if if you want to go into a bar and like. Like, you know, you're comfortable, oh, you let loose, you know, ah, oh, you know, that gets lame sometimes. That's not that bar for you. <laughs> you know, you have to have a little bit of adrenaline. You have to, you have to, you know, be on edge a little bit. Yeah. Will somebody stab you in your back? You know? <laughs> I've never been there, but that's exactly what, that's what it sounds like icons to me. Oh, yeah. It's not so much anymore, but back in the day, that's, that was definitely the vibe. Well, I think Johnny Dick was a bouncer there for a little while, yeah. so I've heard some stories. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Will somebody pull a gun out tonight? I don't know. You know, that's if you want to be on your edge and, and have a little adrenaline of the night, go to Icons. That's 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 where you go. And that's going to be a fucking great way to end the episode. <laughs> Going into foosball demon to end the, oh, the yeah. last song, and then, oh, I'll, yeah. then I'll figure out something to put at the end of it. But. Oh yeah, the, uh, man, this has been a fucking fun episode. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah, I've been I've been looking forward to talking to you for a while because we've we've never really talked a whole lot. I mean, just out yeah. of shows and stuff. 
Yeah. But we don't know each other so that well. And I was like, I've, I, but I knew you'd be a fucking great guest. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Like, you're, you're, because anytime I, I talk so to you, much, at, anytime I, got, I talk to you at a show, I always have a good time. <laughs> I, I want to know your story, man. I want to, I want to know how, how you got, got into music, man. It, it'll happen. It'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sort of told it on, um, episode two. Okay. The, like one of my earliest episodes, me, me and my friend Matt, we went up to the mountains for a weekend. And we recorded an episode with my buddy Roger. We we did like a radio show together back in in the early nineties. Oh hell yeah! And um, so we did we did a sort of did a two for one. I recorded I, I split it up and took all the radio stuff out and put it in a separate episode, um, <clears throat> like a thirty minute episode. But we talked about that's when me and Matt talked about putting our first band together. Hmm. But for me, it was and when we recorded that episode, we went to the church camp that we went to when we were teenagers. Mm-hmm. And at that church camp, we met some girls from Maryland who was tell, who were telling us about punk rock. Like, but it was like Billy Idol and Minor Threat. She mentioned Minor Threat was one of the bands, but Generation X, of course. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. Um, Dead Milk Men got mentioned. And then, like, one of my cousins back home at a family reunion told me about Dead Milk Men and Dead Kennedys. Mm-hmm. But we were, like, we liked heavy metal. And back in the, you know... This was mid eighties. Okay. So back then, heavy metal was you know Motley Crue. Yeah. And, uh, later on, like Poison and stuff like that. I never really really that big into Poison, but like Rat, White Snake. Right. Yeah. White Snake. Uh, Dokken, yeah. Uh White Snake got a little. <clears throat> Great White Tesla. <laughs> uh, White Snake. No, I, actually, these days White Snake is like one of my favorite bands. Oh yeah. They're one of the they they're one of those bands that came out of that era. Like even their cheesy stuff sounded good. And it was always like David Coverdale. He, he was in Deep Purple before that, and, and the David Coverdale Deep Purple era stuff sounded a lot like White Snake. It was just blues inspired rock. Yeah. They just put a little bit more of a, a of a, a shine to it. Yeah, White it was Snake. like an operatic undertone. It was the yeah, like, the production of that that time was not the best. Like a lot of that music, if it was made these days, would would be yeah would be better. Like the production of it that time was all like it was. Too polished, mm. and then there was a lot of of a look to it that took away from the music somewhat. Like if you watch those videos and you see the guys with the makeup and like looking all glamorous and stuff, and then the chick on the car and everything. And yeah, it just yeah. It, it sort of it's cheesy. Yeah, and, yeah. And that's not the, what really happens. But if yeah, you take like, away the visual from it and it's just the music, it's really good music. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and. But David Coverdale, he's he's legit, man. Mm. And that band had some fucking phenomenal musicians in it. At yeah. That time, oh, yeah. That, those it was, it was like a, a who's who of, of guitarists mm. at that time, you know. And they really did like put together some really good rock, blues inspired mm. rock and roll that just fell into this category of quote unquote hair metal. And I, I, yeah. I use that term. I still use that, and I almost always say quote unquote. Before yeah. it because I hate that term. <laughs> because it doesn't describe the music at all. It describes the look. Yeah. And that doesn't that doesn't translate from band to band. Mm-hmm. Like it to me it was just it was hard rock. It was hard yeah. rock. It wasn't metal. It was hard rock in the mid eighties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was still metal at that time, but metal yeah. was Metallica, metal was yeah. Slayer, metal was yeah. a little bit more underground and then it, it actually got bigger because of that stuff that got quote lumped in with metal mm. you know people came to headbangers ball for 
Bon Jovi and Poison. Yeah. But they came away from Headbangers Ball with Slayer and Anthrax. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they were they were getting exposed to this stuff and so those bands actually got bigger because of that that mm-hmm. whole hair metal quote unquote yeah. scene. Yeah. yeah. Um so a lot of that music gets derided these days because of the look, because mm-hmm. that took away from it. No, I mean but I like like the, the the cream of the crop, like bands like Rat. Yeah. Bands like Dawkin was a fucking they yeah. were a great band. The bands that really meant something were always my favorite bands like there's mm-hmm. there, there's some of those fringe bands that really like pretty boy floyd who fucking knows who they are <laughs> yeah. they sucked enough enough they were they had one song that was kind of okay because it was beatles-esque but they were mm-hmm. they sucked. you know and some of those bands actually sold a lot of records at the mm-hmm. time but they don't stand the test of time mm-hmm. yeah um but you know people give white snake shit i don't care no i like i like i like i like white snake you know it just some of their songs did get a little bit like way over glamorous. Oh, yeah, it got cheesy as, as yeah, hell. Yeah, but, but but I mean, like a good a good production is like a good meal. You know, it's got to have a little bit of cheese on it, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. I, I fucking love some cheese with my music, man. Yeah, yeah, it's got to have a little bit of cheese. On Van it. Huskins is not afraid to throw some yeah. cheese on top of yeah. their music every yeah. now and then, especially yeah. live. Which is oh, like, yeah. Fuck it, man. <laughs> Let's go for it. Oh yeah, everybody. Um, you know when. The Menders writes writes a song. It's it's real de- democratic process, you know. And uh, they were like, "Oh, is that too cheesy?" I don't know. I said, I'm, I'm the first one. It's like, look, a little bit of cheese is good on everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I mean, especially because we're playing music for ourselves anyway. It's like mm-hmm. if we want to do it, why don't we do it? Let's oh, just yeah. go ahead and do it because the people listening to it. They're going to get what we give them anyway, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So if we don't put it in there, mm. they'll never know. If we put it in there, they'll never know we weren't going to. It's mm. Yeah, so what? We're, we're Maybe maybe that's a little bit much, but oh, yeah. if it fucking works, let's do it. Right. If it doesn't work, I mean, because we, I've done stuff before that I'm like, oh, let me see what this is like. <laughs> oh, no, that don't fucking work. There's yeah. no way. Oh, yeah. But if yeah. it works, even if I feel like, oh, man, that's... It's the fuck-ups that sound good that I love. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you, you know, on the Evergone album, um, out of time, the very last uh, one, one of the bass fills I do, I, I fucked it all up, but I left it because I was like, God, that that actually sounds fucking dope. Yeah, as fuck. I've had that yeah. happen. Oh yeah, that's those those are the great ones. Yeah, and there's there's all the time when I'm listening to a song, and sometimes I'll I'll be listening to a song that's like not even a song I really like that much, mm. but I'll hear something in it, I'm like, ooh. I need to use that in Van Huskins. Mm. <laughs> and I'll find a way to use like that. It's just like a weird progression or something. That I'm mm. like, it just sounds good. Even in a shitty song. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's, that's a little bit of cheese for the song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, I, I'm not ashamed to rip something off as long as I'm putting yeah. it in something that's, that's totally original. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm not ripping I'm your song off note for note, but I'm being inspired by that bass line. I, yeah, I'm, I get I get inspired by particular songs and write songs based off of songs all the fucking time. You know, like, um, there's one Sticky Bandit song inspired very heavily off a of Dan Sartain song. Mm. And um, it's same kind of riff, speed up. Uh, the, I'm doing different feels into it. Like, it sounds completely different. Especially when you get the band behind it, you know, it's like, it sounds nothing like what I was, what, what initially inspired me, but like, now you're getting a rut on, on like writing, you know, like, God, you don't like anything that you're putting out, 
that's that's a trick just to fucking just just inspire you. Yeah. You know, like just just rip somebody off just real quick, and you know. You can use it or don't use it. You know, like, it, 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 that's what it just sums up. I mean, because everything's pretty much been written already anyway. Yeah, yeah. You're just, you're just doing another variation on, you're putting your spin on something else. Whether you intentionally did it or not, you're still doing something that somebody else has probably done. Oh, yeah. Like, there, there was so a, many, There's so many bass lines I've heard that have been used in song after song after song after song. Mm. Or just, just chord progressions or whatever. Um, a song that I wrote when I was 17, Miley Cyrus put out a song that has the exact same chord progression like 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's like, we came up with the same thing. Oh, yeah. It's 10, 20 years apart or whatever, but neither one of us heard each other, you know? It's yeah. Like, oh, yeah. It's, so, so whenever like Eric tells me, yeah, and I've said this before, like one of, like, one of our first songs, uh, uh, Stay Away Off, the first EP that we put out. Okay. Yeah. Eric wrote a song. He's like, I want you to do something like, sort of like what the Go Go, like a, um, we got the beat by the Go Go, something okay. sort, of, sort of like similar to that. And I was like, so I went home and I thought about it. And I was like, why don't I just play that bass line from We Got the Beat? <laughs> and so yeah. that's exactly what that song is. It's but it doesn't sound anything like the Go Go's mm. because of what Eric's playing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, I, the bass line is ripped off note for note from We Got the Beat. Oh shit! Because yeah. it worked. And yeah, I was yeah. like, it's it. Not only does it work. It also kind of pays tribute to a band that inspired me oh, growing up. Yeah. I love the Go-Go's. I still love the Go-Go's. Mm-hmm. But I, I love to pay tribute to, we, um, on the last EP, we got a song where I've got a bass line that you wouldn't tell it from listening to the song, but was inspired directly by Bob Seger, mm-hmm. um, Hollywood Nights. Mm-hmm. Um, our song um, is called, uh, It's Not Like, I'm, uh, Not like You Murdered Somebody. That bass line is okay. directly inspired. I mean, it's almost note for note. It's just played a slightly faster and a little differently. Hmm. But it's directly inspired by Hollywood Nights bass line. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, there's... there's I, like, I've, I've done it. I've done it. Uh, that's No Moon, um, which is Star Wars quote. You know, like, has yeah. nothing to do with the song. You yeah. Know, I just, I just, I Sometimes just, we have things like that. Yeah, like yeah, that titles just, for songs that don't. Like, let's just put That's No Moon. Let's put Obi... Like, I, I recorded that song, like, really bootleg like when me it was just me and Mark like when it was just me and Mark I recorded uh, like four or five different songs that was the Sticky Bandits mm-hmm. and um, that's uh, that's one of the EPs that Johnny Moss got that is like hey man your music really makes me think think about a fried bologna sandwich yeah <laughs> yeah because yeah. I, I did the full like multiple guitars the bass behind it Mark did the drums I did vocals and all the vocal harmonies yeah. you know like I did a lot of the production on that and um yeah, it wasn't that good. <laughs> I can send you those takes, and you probably agree with me. Like that wasn't that good. We did that's no moon. We did uh, burning monsters. We did um, pickup lines, and we did uh, Cecil Jones, I think. Mm. And uh, out of all those songs, the only song I personally still love is um, Cecil Jones. Yeah. That's no moon was was my take on the dance or taint song, and it's basically about my love for. Anarchism, mm. you know, like like in the sense of anarchism, yeah. like like you know, like, and also it, it's an environmentalist, even though it's kind of anti environmentalist lyrics, you know. I got a point behind it. It's um okay, yeah. Let's sink all of these oil rigs. Let's put the oil back to the sea. Let's sink all of these oil rigs because it's best for you and me. <laughs> <laughs> 
like because I mean it's it's not really necessarily about polluting the the, the fucking seas, you know. It's it, and like anarchism and like that, but like where did we pump this oil from? We yeah. pumped it from the fucking seas. Let's let's stop doing this fucking shit. Why? Well, I mean, it's best for you and me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I meant it by. You know? Yeah. And uh, but it, it's funny, like a lot of a lot of my lyrics and the meanings behind it do contradict each other. And you know, I write songs about D and D. You yeah. know, like like um, on the Witch Motel album, the Tentress song that was. Um, that was about D&D, you know, I call out uh, Drizzit, Drizzit the Drow Elf, um, I call out uh, El Minister, um, mm-hmm. the, the wizard, you know, and, um, you know, all these battles with this magical temptress, a f- fictitious battle, not used yeah, in any yeah. of the comic books or stories about this evil temptress and how, how she's got, she's got this charm on the, the King of the North, you know, and controlling, uh, you know, and doing evil deeds, turning these pal- pal- paladins into, into black guards, pretty much. <laughs> like, you know, like, like that, that story is like, like all this, all this fucking like fictitious shit, you know, I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck are you singing about, dude? It's like, these are weird names and stuff. Like, like, like there's a meaning there. Don't worry. Don't yeah. worry. There's, there's a fucking meaning there. Van Huskins, we, we don't do it so much anymore, but, we have a we've had a habit of sometimes naming a song before we had lyrics for it, mm-hmm. and then just like the lyrics and the name don't mean anything or don't have any kind of connection. Mm. I think our worst uh, example of that is uh, Tigger K, where that boy got killed. Like we came up with that title, that was off of Thray. We came up with that title for the song, and then me and Eric both sing on that song. But Eric wrote his lyrics, and I wrote my lyrics completely separately, mm. and they don't even match up. <laughs> One bit, like it, th- there's no connection. <laughs> mm-hmm. It doesn't really make any sense, but we're like, I guess we decided to go with it. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. out of all of our songs, I kind of wish that that one maybe we'd have thought through the lyrics just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But people seem to love that song, so I guess it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, see, Cecil Jones, though, uh, like out of all the old songs that are like recorded before, you know, the uh, well. When when I was in Old Scratch, we recorded some of the songs, but they were they were they, they weren't a full album. Old when Old Scratch did their full album, it was when I was out of the band. Mm, yeah. And um, but um, you know the Sticky Bandits album, like like we re-recorded them all and put them on the Sticky Bandits album. But Cecil Jones, it's it's uh, Zombie Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if you take, I, I did this on, on intentionally. Cecil Jones, Jesus Christ, the initials were backwards. Okay, yeah. <laughs> And um, it's about zombie Jesus and how how his cults are in the catacombs and he's raising up like, minions of the dead. That's these these comparing it to the preachers and everything like that. <laughs> There's a lot of alliteration in the lyrics and it's it's almost like reading Dr. Seuss. Yeah, you know, so it's it's really cool the way it flows off the tongue. You know, um, the grave of old Cecil Jones is all but too at peace because the catacombs of Cecil Jones cause creatures to his crypt. When the corpse of Manor comes out to claim all these evil witches, the catacombs will fill with fiends feeding on your brains. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> Crypt King, come take me away. Never sleeps or in your evil ways. Those you take who love your icy grip will come to find out there's no light left to guide them. To the end of days. <laughs> 
All throughout time to tell us, twisted into myths, for there was no man called as Jones as a horrifying crypt. Stakes of hands and a crown of thorns, the people took his life. And all that's left of Cecil Jones is a cult that they, they call Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Gabba Gabba Hunt Media Production.